Ross Delaney. And it's Katie. And this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Boom. You mean in the black ground. Blackity black black. <laughs> black History Month still. <laughs> Buckle up. Just getting started. And what a great way. I know it's not that kind of podcast, but shout out to my girl, Belle Khalees. For winning a Grammy. Baby, we love you. Okay? And you know what? I know she deleted her Instagram, but she literally deletes her Instagram accordingly. So, um, she'll be back. But I just can't imagine having that much money and caring. Like, everyone's like, you don't write your own music, duh. <laughs> like, we know this. We love it. It's ratchet. It's fun. It's engaging. Um, like and like she co-writes her stuff and all your faves be um finesse and stuff too and Bartok's real can share can't write that either so what are we even talking about what are we talking about it's kind of not the same thing and also both it's similar it's not but um <laughs> both me and the listeners are waiting to see when this is gonna wrap up you not are you really not excited for Cardi B making history no that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying like my baby doing you're doing great let's keep it up Okay, All right, um, that was the news. Now we're moving on to intermission. <laughs> Catherine's tickled. All right, so the intermission this week. All right. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Uh, so the news this week: uh, Kelly Hall Tompkins was just recently appointed to uh, faculty at Manhattan School of Music. Woo! like excellent that's amazing for real mm-hmm. because <laughs> because i mean come on manhattan school of music right is that her alma mater i think so yeah yeah i think oh, so good. i don't know don't don't get me to lie right now somebody she in our comments no, we, i about. actually went to those <laughs> right i mean someone, someone I'm, I'm, I'm like 94 okay sure that that's her how did you measure mater. that sister and i know for sure that she how got did a, you measure that 94%. I just went, I started higher and I was like, that seems too high, seems too high, seems too high. <laughs> and then I just kept creeping back one until I was like, that seems reasonably like. But I do know for sure that they did give her Wait, honorary, she went to uh, Yeah, but she has more, she might, might have more than uh, one degree. Probably. That's how that works. Did she go? Yeah, she definitely went to Eastman. She did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know that. We were just talking about that with Miss Taylor. Oh, well, I know for sure that um, MSM gave her an honorary doctorate. Oh, shucks. Like, can I get an honorary bachelor's? Because I'm just about, ready, uh, I'm just about done with theory about now. Um, this whole, like, homework situation and, like, professor, I, I, professor just made me mad today. Because I told I told you, I was trying to be courteous. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, let me let me say, I was trying to be oh courteous. I was like, sir. <laughs> I ain't gonna be in class today. I got stuff to do. He's like, all right. All the teachers listening are like, so f. <laughs> well, no, I was like, I have a meeting, blase blase, for my whatever. I ain't gonna say what it was for. And he was like, which professor you meeting with? Do, 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 do. I'm like, I'm not telling you that. I'm grown. Okay, I'm about to be 26 this year. You know what I'm saying? I made a choice not to go to class, and you are gonna respect that choice. We both paying taxes. We both got bills to pay. Like you're not gonna be. I will get the notes. From Jasmine, shout out to Jasmine, and we gonna keep it pushing. Look at him saying, "Respect this F." <laughs> now you graduated in the fall. The actually the spring, because he's been only this convention once a year. Can you imagine? No, you didn't graduate in the fall. You just can't walk the stage, but you can like graduate. You can be coming back in twenty twenty three to walk the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will walk together if you walk next year. Yeah, sister, go ahead and fail. Wow, wow. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly. That's not what it's about. Ooh, Chile. choking on them lies over there. All right, <laughs> sickness meaning nothing to you. Get well soon. Yeah, okay. I believe that. Um. Wow. Anyway, um. So this next piece of news was sent to us. Ooh. Um. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. Y'all could y'all could develop your own opinions, but basically, so obviously it's Black History Month and. A friend of ours sent this to us, and it's from the, let me not mess this up, the Boston Philharmonic Youth Orchestra doing a concert, and they're trying to promote diversity and and I, um, something like that. Ah, you know, definitely something like that. That's and, definitely the category it falls into. Uh, <laughs> 
but um this they said at the heart of of this whole concert are spoken words the words of dr martin luther king jr taken from his speeches and other writings um and in in this piece that they're taking you know the words from mlk's speeches it's a piece called new morning for the world uh by joseph schwantner um and i don't i don't really know how i feel about this just because This gets to a sister. It's a Black History Month concert. You celebrate Martin Luther King and all the other pieces. Fantastic. There are no black composers on the program. You pair it with uh, Britain's uh, Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra. Now, I do have something on the tip of my tongue about that. Because um, they said, in the spirit of equality for all that was at the heart of King's message, we have preceded Schwatner's work with Benjamin Britten's A Young Person's Guide to Orchestra. A solo for each section of the orchestra is embedded in this ingenious piece. How is that in the spirit of equality for all? So Y'all people, take this so lightly. So people were marching and getting hot coffee poured on them and hoses and dogs so that the flute and the bassoon can share the melody. <laughs> <laughs> Did they stretch before they reach? Or? <laughs> that was absolutely crazy like, i literally reread what? that i reread that so many times because i was like now hold up they did not try to in the spirit of equality for all we all get a solo that's nothing that is nothing it's like you you really haven't and you know what honestly i would expect better from you know someone like Benj- benjamin zander who i actually really look up to hmm. um and i don't know how much his hand well actually i'm not gonna say that but um it's like there it's like you didn't even try to program this concert this concert couldn't have been so well and i will say like the argument of like the sh- what's it called the schwatner schwatner i could i could pull it up but Schwa- schwatner, schwatner. It's, it's a fa- it's a fantastic piece you know mm-hmm. it's honoring dr king and all this stuff but there were composers writing around the time of dr king that they could have played you know and like the or the orchestra limp or okay the orchestral literature might be a- a little bit limited but they could have done a movement from Florence Price if you want to just if you want to just find the the buzz composer right now mm-hmm. you could have done a movement from her first symphony her famous first symphony and you have the money to get to to get the parts for that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying it's like and if these kids can play Britain's Young Guy to the whatever they can play anything that Florence Price wrote not anything not, not that her stuff is easy but the caliber of playing will be able to pull off something like a Florence Price symphony you know it's like you guys didn't even try Coleridge Taylor you know how much orchestral works that he's, he wrote it's it's pathetic like and it'd be all thick i love coleridge taylor and it's not even like like i don't want people to think that we we whatever on his work like oh bump schwartner he whatever whatever but at the same time y'all had a whole a whole concert and a whole entire program and not one of them not, not one even of them. a little overture a little little prelude a little something something nothing no thing it, it, yeah, in the last the last fifty minutes is the planets. Exactly. This ain't science history month. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like y'all y'all basically didn't even try. Is what I'm getting. Like you didn't try. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like it, this is like so pathetically done to me. It's almost like a slap in the face. You know, y'all could have just kept y'all peace because that's really just that's just about the easiest thing to do. Like especially when you have a full orchestra, you have this instrumentation mm-hmm. that. It's not even like you got a wacky instrumentation that you got to kind of right. find something. Because I literally just programmed a concert for Black composers. You think Black History Month. Okay, we're a classical music institution. What can we do that's going to embody Black History Month? Hmm, we don't have Black musicians in the orchestra. What can we do? What can we do? We're doing a concert. We're black composers and what, that's, that's what you can do and what better way okay so you look at the orchestra it's like all white and asian right they can't control that yeah right so you the orchestra you audition you sign up get that the money exactly and the resources to, to be in it mm-hmm. so whatever we, we're looking at a stage full of whites and and asians fine what what the perfect audience to introduce exactly um uh, uh, most of which not most of which i can't say that but a lot of whom are going to go into classical music what the perfect time to introduce them to a black composer exactly during black history month so now you got them running around talking about, you know, well, you know, if we if we play a piece for kazoo and didgeridoo, then you know that's that's equality at its finest. At its finest. You know what I'm saying? Like this is it's pathetic. You know what I'm saying? It's pathetic. But you know, go off. I I mean, yeah, the, I just can't. The planets. I, I can't believe that they really over. Well, 
could is that even over how do you overlook that how do you overlook black composers during black history month when you're trying to do something that celebrates equality you didn't even have to do all black composers you could have mixed it up a little bit but honestly you could you could have done the schwatner am i saying that right yeah i think so you could have done the schwatner and like a florence price and britain yeah because i'm thinking of like so what is their logic i know that especially in classical music the the audience is very fixed we play a lot of stuff over and over again people come and they hear things that they know and whatever whatever like i could you have you want to put things on like britain's young person's guide is a popular piece Mm -hmm. the plan is a popular piece you could have put one of them on there exactly you could have done you could have done a cold you could have done a coleridge tape okay coleridge taylor Mm -hmm. overture Mm -hmm. and then you could have done you know the the schwatner a movement from fright price intermission and then the um and then the planets exactly that's exactly what you could have done exactly but you did this <laughs> <laughs> but y'all yeah, did this. and then sprinkled on and then try it, it, oh then y'all stretching bending over backwards like taffy right trying to trying to mold young person's guidance is something that it is not somebody in, in their marketing department finessed their way through marketing finessed. school finessed finessed their way they were like how might could I just turn it around and, and you know what I can't even because I be finessing these assignments that same exact way however this is your job exactly so and I can't imagine that like y'all last year y'all sat back and y'all was y'all was programming this concert you know you had a whole year you program or whatever I imagine that mm-hmm. these things are programmed at least a year in advance right and you sit back and you be like yep this sound good to me and everybody never room everybody on that board was like yeah that's all that's all good mm-hmm. really really who chile i think i know that this um this concert wasn't explicitly advertised as something for black history month but you obviously it's obviously you know that's sort of the thing that is centered around because there's mlk uh references in this and the references of equality and all that but i just i literally can't believe that um that they tried to try to stretch a work into that into into a mold they tried to mold into something that is not um and 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 made it seem as if it made it seem as if they were doing something completely innovative exactly. by playing Britain's Young Person's Guide. That's on the li- that's on your your list of excerpts. Exactly. Well, no. Exactly. It is for us sometimes. It's a little nasty. It's I've never nasty played it. it Fuck the third page. It's a little lots of notes. I've never played it, but I know it's like it's, the it's a rush. Something like that. <laughs> I've never played it. I've never played it, but I know that it's an excerpt for some for, for us. But yeah, if they doing all that, do you all that that he right. got going on going on in there? They could they might could whip up some Coleridge Taylors and Flores Price and William Grant Steele, some Adolphus Hell story. Like y'all got exactly. If you want to play a piece of high caliber and, and difficulty, then program a piece by uh, Hellstar. American Porter Call been a great way to to open up that concert. This is literally a Google search, honestly. Because okay, yeah, whatever. So it's not supposed to be a Black History Month concert, even though it's in Black History Month. Okay, but okay, so fine. You do American Porter Call, you do the Schwartner, and then you do Planets. It's not even like exactly. Call, you know, if you must program a piece that is big, like I get you, you want people to come to your concert. A lot of people will look at a program and be like, I don't know none of this, and not want to come. Right. Okay, the Planets is wildly popular for whatever reason. So put it on. Right. For whatever reason, um, and so put it on the program along with some other stuff. And Venus lit though, that Venus movement ain't even front, ain't even hold you. I'm not even going to talk on my neck and act like I've heard all of the planets, but I've heard most of it. Um, yeah, but low key disappointing. Um, low key disappointing, high key disappointing. Look at twelve sharps disappointing. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Twelve sharps. <laughs> Disappointing. Aye, Oof. aye. Wow. Oh, you know what, though? Mm. They probably programmed the planets for diversity because, like, the aliens got to be included. Oh, you know. You know, y'all include aliens for y'all include black anything, people. So. Anything to but, exclude. Because all we do is complain. So. You know, because you got the Martians, the Venusians, the Plutonians. Mm-hmm. And we would hate for them to be excluded. Those, but those blacks, they complain about everything. Chalet. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get a little too comfortable in here. 
we'll discuss this after afterwards um <laughs> <more explicit>. ah! <laughs> and we're moving on to intermission right <laughs> okay so this week on intermission we're gonna play a little activity called put me on okay so i asked delaney to um find a black composer um give me a little background give me like a couple of facts that make them lit and then put me onto a piece. I want to know. Um, I want to listen to some stuff. I want to. It's Black History Month. I'm trying to be as black as possible. I'm. A, I'm always as black as possible. <laughs> so like that, it's it's hilarious. I mean, I'm not gonna change that. Um, however, I'm always as black as possible. Um, but now we need some more blackity black black. So I want to listen to some black music this week. This week, <laughs> it was Black History Week back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to listen to some black music this week, so I'm, this month. So I want you to put me on. So who you find? All right, so well, ain't, we ain't find nobody, but right, who, who, yeah. you, who I discovered straight up from the. Did you know Florence Price? <laughs> y'all kill me, dog. Oh, anyway, I discovered this. This just this little. Uh, <laughs> let me go to let me go to Russia and be like, y'all heard of Tchaikovsky? I discovered it. <laughs> Y'all, this young funny. lad. This y'all are funny. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so the composer that I chose is Frederick Tillis. Pretty. All right. So Frederick Tillis, I didn't know this, but he's still alive. He's eighty nine. Hey now. Right. He uh, he turned eighty nine last month. Where's he at? Um, I the last place that he worked was at University of Massachusetts. So I'm he's um professor em- emeritus. Come. At um, University of Massachusetts Still? Amherst. 89? Mm-hmm. <gasps> so I'm assuming he lives in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, but he lit as all black opposers I mean, are. Duh. <laughs> right. Um, he, just a couple like things about him, things that make him lit. Um, he became the college band director almost immediately after graduating from his undergrad. Which I'm like, job security must be nice. Um, I mean right he went on he got his master's at university of iowa and um then a phd at uh unt uh college of music mm-hmm. which amazing um uh, he also was a director of um the 356 air force band come on now right okay <laughs> <laughs> uh he played the saxophone um okay he wrote over 120 works what which is crazy which that's leads a, me that's a lot to me yeah that's Which a is, lot I could, I could barely do like when they be like complete this chordal sequence of eight matches i'll be like wait hold no, on hold that's on. a lot I of gotta, chords and you I gotta, gotta come pick, up with it pick notes exactly right <gasps> picking notes is what, when i was in theory i was like why don't y'all just write it for me i'll tell you what chord it is because now now you want me to compose a masterpiece right now you expect them to like graduate nah. theory they were like write a little melody i said this is not my application i apply viola yeah. performance and literature mm-hmm. not my literature my sophomore year they was like just write a little sonata for your <laughs> instrument i was like are you kidding me <laughs> i finessed that assignment i surely did i was like i looked at him like you want me to do what just a write a simple a b a meanwhile my teacher diddy. i'm like i'm not writing that right meanwhile I'm, my teacher like you literally can't put the sonata you have so why are you writing one uh, then I'm you sorry. want me to play in a class? You have to play in a class? Only a couple people did. I'm not. I'm not writing. I'm not. That's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Now Miss Taylor looking at me crazy because the piece he uh he assigned last week in shambles because I was up all night writing a writing a sonata. Right. What y'all stay? Y'all be on games days. Yeah, for real. I mean, we still love y'all, Meliora. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but the last thing I want to say um about him was. Even though he wrote 120 works, the like the coolest thing about him to me is that how like diverse the things that he wrote are. Like, already like I said, I just finished picking pieces for a concert, and so many pieces were just all vocal music, all piano music, mm-hmm. all string quartet, all this. He wrote such like a huge variety oh, cool. of things. He's a huge like I was looking at the composers that he was um that he was influenced by, and it was such a wide range. Schoenberg, Bach. Prokofiev, Mazorsky, 
other and I'm like, these are all completely different right, people. Right. right. <laughs> and 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 to take that and and then also like some jazz influences, some mm-hmm. influences from African American from other African American composers. All right, come on. And mm-hmm. world music. I'm like, so you just taking a little bit of everything and you right. mixing it all up <laughs> so and <laughs> and like just the the uh, um the he wrote for so many different instrumentations orchestra jazz orchestra jazz trios quartets and all this and most importantly he wrote a spiritual fantasy for double bass and piano <gasps> which i might could be playing on my recital next year man you should yeah you should find it you should also i have it i bought it <laughs> i bought the music for it so. oh what do you find it? when you read about him you were like oh i'm gonna buy yeah. it that's amazing yeah so i bought it <laughs> and you know if you get up the, it looks hard but also like what, makes it, what makes it hard it, it's just like it's not I looked at it and I'm like this looks hard but it's no harder than like the Hindemith Sonata which is like hard to put together and hard to understand. Oh it's like you, the meter's hard? Yeah, that kind of what, stuff. Like it's what is hard to you? Cuz hard to me if I saw viola music is hard, it's way too high. Well, high doesn't scare me anymore. But double oh. high doesn't scare me. But um but double stop scare me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so if one day I'm gonna play some double stops in soon. Like one day that Walton at 9 rehearsal night going to be and you Maybe know what? I'm like 57. Well, <laughs> 58 at bed. All right. <laughs> um, one thing that 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 is also hard is that there are no recordings of this piece. That's hard. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like up to me. <laughs> but you know that means nobody listening. Right. Nobody could check me on it. All right. Boom. Let me tell you how to finesse the audition. Right. <laughs> so when. You- <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put y'all on. So all you gotta do. Get you a new piece, like a new new piece. All right. Well, you know they don't really know nothing about. They'll be like, "What's so? What's the last thing you gonna play for us?" I might could do this. Blah, da, 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 by blah, do, 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 do. They be like, "I don't know that piece." I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna put you on." They be like, "Oh, I went to college with them and we was roommates and I helped them write that and I premiered it." <laughs> and I'll be like, "You know, I'm gonna play some Brahms instead." I, I misspoke. Um, I'm gonna play Brahms. Did I say I'm gonna play Brahms? I did that one time. I was when I was auditioning here at Eastman. Ooh, I was like, time. I was like, I'm a, I'm a play. Uh, what was the piece called? Shucks. I'm a play. Was it Incantation? It's not. It's she wrote another piece, oh, okay. but the same composer by Augusta Reed Thomas. She wrote another piece oh, for okay. viola, solo viola. I'm like, I'm a play that because it's a harder Incantation. It goes. <laughs> I buy the music. Mm-hmm. I open it and it says premiere by Carol Rodwell. <laughs> and I said. I folded it right back up. <laughs> I texted my teacher at the time. I'm like, we will not be doing this. I'm like, I'm not about to play the piece that Carol Rodland premiered in front of Carol Rodland. For real. Okay, think how bold that is? Girl, child, bye. I mean, so listen, save it for your audition, sis. <laughs> and it's going to be like, I got this piece that I love. You're going to love it. It's huh? like this. Yeah, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I'm excited to play it. It's gonna be lit. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Is it like a is it like a true fantasy or is it like is it lyrical or I, I mean yeah, it looks like there's some lyrical parts. Okay, because you know be fantasy, but you know new music could be like fantasy nightmare. I was just about to say that. <laughs> 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 fantasy for whom? <laughs> like. Okay, not fantasy, sci-fi. <laughs> fantasy on hell. <laughs> <coughs> All right. <laughs> All right, who's your composer? <coughs> oh, but I could play a, a, oh, yeah, a little, yeah. a little something, little, something. Let me hear a little something. Dang, we don't have no recording. Oh, you said there's no recording of that bass. Of, of, that, of that bass piece, I want to yeah. hear that piece. Because he wrote a couple of spiritual fantasies. Um, So I do have one that he wrote for horn and piano. I unfortunately don't have the one that he wrote for bass and piano, but this is the one that he wrote uh, for horn and piano. Okay, I'm gonna 
There we go. Yeah, but I'm gonna link um, the recording in, you know, because okay. we're not gonna sit here and listen to this whole piece. But I could listen to that. No, but I mean, like, we're not gonna sit no, here on the podcast. No, I'm sorry. Okay, 20 hour podcast. <laughs> I know I could get down with that. I yeah, like that. especially because it's all bassy in the and, piano. You know, that's piano boom. That's how you get me. Bassy, okay. And the piano all offbeat. Yeah. That's my job. I could listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so my composer is Thomas Blind Tom Wiggins, um, born in 1849. Um, he's a former slave. His own entire family, of course, was um, enslaved. But like they, luckily for him, they were all well. Luckily, as lucky can be, they were all owned by one, the same person. So he showed um, promise very early on. It's like a prodigy, like he. He could pick out tunes on the piano um, and all that, all that other stuff. And he made his debut concert as a pianist at the age of eight in Atlanta. Um, so what they did with him after, oh, I, he's blind. Remember mm-hmm. that. And also one thing that the, the um, to note is that he also had autism. Just like insane to me. Well, um, well, not that insane because a lot of times people with autism have like some extraordinary talent, mm-hmm. you know, so um his was piano so he was um hired out as a slave musician um for the price of fifteen thousand dollars which today is like about five hundred thousand dollars well like four hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah and he um he was the first african-american to play at the white house um so and he made he made had a career of touring around the united states like he made like fifty thousand dollars a year well or the people who owned him um made fifty thousand dollars a year um touring around I mean, I mean, by the time slavery ended, you know, around 1865, he was, he was indentured. He was, mm-hmm. so he was, ma- at least he was like getting a little bit of his money, I hope. Um, so he, he went on European tours and toured throughout USA and Canada. Wow. Um, and, and I, I just, I think it's the coolest thing is like, you know, whatever the, it's not, I guess it wouldn't be that cool now because there's plenty of blind musicians. Right. But it's like, I feel like at this time it's like, how are people navigating people with disabilities and people who are different, you know, mm-hmm. at a time like this. And, you know, it, it worries me. Like, what was the reaction when you find out like you, you purchased, you know, these people and like, you know, the, the, the mother births a child with, with autism. Like, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've never, I should, I want to do more research on it to find out like how, how was that dealt with? You know, like you, you buy a person which you shouldn't, that still befuddles me but you buy a person and they have a child with down syndrome what do you what happens you know well, well I, yeah i know what i, happens, I know what happens um, but I, i'm curious to know about the people that that, that didn't happen to yeah you. um for sure and um he's most famous for his piece um the battle of manassas which i'm not gonna pick um to play but i really like this piece called um water in the moonlight he wrote several compositions um but this one is like really beautiful play a little bit of it
So we'll go ahead and link this as well. Um, this is I picked this one, of course, because this is like my type of stuff. It's, <coughs> it's all dramatic and doom, doom, doom. Like that's my kind of like <laughs> that's my style. Thick, luscious. You know, I like. Wow. I like How many C's? Thick. I feel like for this, about four, five C's on this. I was gonna say five C's too. Yeah, like four, five C's because it's all doom, doom. You can hear all type of pedal all up in it and all thick and seasoned. You know. We like a little season. Definitely said that to my kids. <laughs> Did I tell you? We were, we we're playing Luther Every Voice and Sing at uh, the place we work at. <laughs> Put my business out there. I, you already know what school I go to. <laughs> um, and I was like, they, you know how we're playing Luther Every Voice and Sing. So you know how the first time at the middle of the bridge, is that a bridge? I don't know. It, uh, the sing a uh, song, the first time it's major, the second time it's minor. So cellos are missing the, the B flat. The second time, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's the black man's anthem. We got a little seasoning on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, check out those composers. Um, we love for you to put us on to some black composers. We know about William Grant still. Shout out to the homie. We know Hale Stork. We know Florence Price. We know Coleridge Taylor. We know Julius Eastman. Put us on to somebody. Who's somebody that we could have mentioned that you wish we did? Let us know. Email us to classicalblackpodcast at gmail.com or comment when we post the episode. We'd love to hear from you. And we are moving on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this week, uh, we wanted to discuss amongst ourselves and also amongst like some, you know, some other black musicians, what does Black History Month mean to the black classical musician? Mm-hmm. So... You know, me and Katie are going to talk about, like, what it means to us and, you know, what our answers are. But we also collected a few answers from some of our friends and colleagues mm-hmm. who are also black classical musicians. We're not going to say, like, who is who. Right. But, you know. It don't matter. You yeah, just, exactly. You, you know, I posed this question to Delaney and I text her later that night. I'm like, girl, I stumped myself. Like, <laughs> I, like I don't know what. I had to think about it. Like, oh, your mind. It's a question extraordinary. And, uh, anyway. And a lot of people, a lot of people are stumped. You know, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know. One person in particular, he's just so brilliant that he just told me right away. But, like, a lot of people were like, I'm going to get back to you tomorrow. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I really appreciate it, like, that thought. It's like, yeah. what? Because, like, what does it mean to us? Yeah. Like, Black History Month, we get to this month and it's like a month of gigs for some and whatever. But, like, what does it truly mean? Yeah. <coughs> hey, Dalany. All right. <clears throat> so, you know, like, I know that someone like told you like immediately right away, but I'm also a type. I'm like, I must, you know, write it down. Let me write a thesis statement and an outline and a okay, future or whatever. What a base, yuck. Um, DMA of base, principal base of the Berlin Phil. The Berlin Phil. Mm-hmm. Good Texas. <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> good at Morgan, y'all. What's Could good? you imagine rolling? What's good? the roll up to a Berlin field rehearsal like they they sit around like we yeah we did an audition for principal field <laughs> principal bass player and we haven't met them yet we don't know who she is yeah. you roll up in there all loud <laughs> go and margin <laughs> well, i'm trying to think of literally any other german that i know that's all i know ich bin good okay, to- not ich bin. <laughs> you took that right from a score ich- you are annoying <laughs> ich bin nice to meet y'all what's that word long song <laughs> we have people who listen in germany let me stop putting them hey y'all <laughs> that's all so german ignorant and, and bracha I know how to say my instrument. Not brunch. That's how you say it. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying. That's how you say you just going to go to people and say viola? <laughs> <laughs> Someone, good talk, Katie. Brunch. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, okay. They're going to think you like Pikachu. Only can say his name. Like group? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm group. Ich bin brunch. Just going around saying that. Brunch. <laughs> All right. I Thank just realized I said, it, I think it. Ick or it, I don't know how to say it. Ben means I am, so I literally said I am nice to meet y'all. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's move. Let's on. get back on track. <coughs> All right, take nothing, <coughs> take nothing seriously. Literally. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can. <coughs> don't even have a deathbed. For real, God trying to give me. Could you just quit playing around? <laughs> but you know what? You see how dedicated she is. Right to being trifling, I always getting back up. <laughs> God's gonna be like the next time it's gonna be for good. 
But anyway. Oh, Chile. Ooh. The point. Right. <laughs> People are like listening like, please. Right. They was probably getting ready for like this nice intellectual. Thing. And that will happen eventually. Good morning. <laughs> right. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. <for> okay. <laughs> <coughs> um, all right. So when I read this question, what does Black History Month mean to the black classical musician? Um, I feel like. I felt the need to sort of make it like I know that everybody who answered this answered it for themselves and like a very personal thing like in a, in a very personal way and I feel like I very much like leaned that way mm-hmm. rather than like a this is what it should mean to everybody yeah although I do think that these things are important to everybody but like that's also this is also just kind of how I think about it yeah so I said Black History Month to the black classical musician means pride beneficence and continuing oh, to beneficence Okay. <laughs> wow. Amazement. Beneficence? <laughs> you know, that's all he was doing. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, it means. So let me go ahead and. De- what that mean? All right. I don't know words. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Beneficent. Then they go to Eastman Education. Eastman. <laughs> Okay, okay, you know what a trite modular block is, but can't make a sense. <laughs> Eastman goals. Okay, let me stop. That's not, that's not true. I'm just kidding. This right, doesn't reflect you. the views of Eastman. <coughs> Come on, ethics. All right. Anyway, it means pride, beneficence, and continuing to be unapologetically black. Right. Um, as a black musician... Uh, black musicians should feel pride in their culture, their uh, the countless contributions their predecessors have made, and in themselves for continuing to pave the way for future generations. Black musicians should see Black History Month as a time to take action that will benefit their community. And to me, this means giving back to the communities that lifted you up in order to give you the gift of music. This means making your art accessible to those who are on the outside looking in, which is so many of us. And that also means continuing this work outside of Black History Month and throughout the year to make each Black History Month stronger and more unified than the last one. Mm. Because... Yeah, we was pretty well. All right. I'll pitch up! All right. I just think that's important. I think yeah. it's important to, like, to continue it on, like, because if you continue the work that you were doing this Black History Month and you still, you know, up at the local... Uh, you know, the local black church teaching little kids, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Next Black History Month, they're gonna be like, So, what we doing? Exactly. You know? Right. Every Black History Month is gonna be more unified than the last one. Exactly. If you bring this to people, because so many, listen, the, where I'm from, with it's all black people, every time I bring my bass out the car in my driveway, they like, What is that? You got a, you got a guitar, you got a tuba over oh, there. Father, help us. You got a whatever, whatever. Like, I'm like, literally. That's what made me not take Eastman for granted. Where I have to remind myself, there are people where I'm from who literally don't even know places like this exist mm-hmm. on the face of the earth. This is outside of their <laughs> scope of God. the entire world. Yeah, like everything they know about the world, this is it's nowhere like in 10 there. By ten blocks, like that is crazy. So I just think that um, that's one of the most important parts is is to make your art accessible because there are people who are not only on the outside looking in, but are on the outside not even knowing that they can yeah. be a part of this. And then lastly. Black History Month means being unapologetically black. That means you twerking in the concert hall. Yep. That means you in rehearsal kikikin with your friend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. But but that means that you're going into spaces where where you don't see other people like you, but you still being yourself. You still feeling like, you know what? Stay alone. I'm black and I'm proud. Listen. I'm playing Frederick Taylor's spiritual fantasy on my recital. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing this, you know, I'm bringing all this blackness into your space because we belong here. Exactly. We've been here because, like I said, our, our predecessors have made such amazing contributions and they deserve to be recognized exactly. and they are not recognized enough. They're not even recognized enough during Black History Month, let alone other times of the year. Right. So. <clears throat> I just think that that's one of the most important things. Those are the three most important things uh, to me is just pride, beneficence, and being unapologetically black. I mean, I love what you said about, like, our responsibility to people on the outside looking in. Because I just think that, um, I mean, I think we've gotten a lot better because, you know, social media and, like, helps hmm. a lot. I yeah. mean, some people think social media is, like, the devil, but it helps a lot. You know, because you, you see black people doing things that black people 
aren't supposed to be doing you know mm-hmm. you have black people who are ballet dancers you got black people who are playing classical music you know what i'm saying like but i think also invite and also inviting them into our these spaces like yeah we doing these things but you can come to our concerts and your kids can play and you can play mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i love what you said <coughs> about being on the outside looking in like i think that that really struck a chord with me okay core what type major i'm thinking like a a dominant seven <laughs> Oh, all right okay so like i said this question stumped me so i literally had to and i was like let me hear for these people text me back so i see what they did and, and you know what i'm saying i had mm-hmm. to like hurry from my mind um but okay so to me black history month to the black classical musician means a time of celebration um we have gone through a lot to get to where we are um, we've defied the odds. We've become more successful than they ever thought that we could ever be. Uh, we can thank trailblazers like William Grant Still, who was the first African-American to have to conduct a major symphony orchestra, and he did that in the Deep South. Okay, history professor. Okay. Or Henry Lewis, <laughs> the first black instrumentalist to perform with, in a major symphony orchestra. Because of them and our own tenacity, we have learned and mastered these instruments and played this music, which quite frankly is our music as well. Black History Month to the Black Classical Mission <laughs> is a time to celebrate how, yet again, we have rose to the top despite every measure being put in place to stop us. But Black History Month to the Black Classical Mission also means that we still have so, so, so much work to do. We still must strive to have our composers played on the most prestigious stages in this country regularly. Or the least. We can start there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> And not because it's an obligation or because it's Black History Month, but because the music of our people is superb and it deserves to be heard. It means striving to have orchestras that are representative of the country as a whole. So just because, so, you know, 4% of orchestras across is uh, Black and Latino, but 4% combined, combined, but 4% of our country isn't Black and Latino. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, those aren't the same, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Or even close. Or even close. Um, it means having more black band orchestra and choir teachers that help thousands of little black girls and black boys across this country picture themselves in the profession. Black History Month to the black classical musician <coughs> is a time of triumph and celebration, but it's also a call to action. We have come so far, but still have a long way to go. You are... Hey, Katie 2020, y'all. Meanwhile, I'm still completing quizzes five minutes before class. I'm so going to link the GoFundMe for her campaign. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Classic Black Podcast. Um, the next voice you will hear will be only Delaney. Because, like, right, because you'll be getting ready for your campaign. Okay. To, to hit the road, the campaign trail. Anyway, um, I was talking to a teacher about this idea of having more um, classical, ha- having more at the very least, having more teachers that look like us in the field. Because I was telling you about Nyan. I should probably shouldn't have said this name, but I ain't saying his last name. I don't even remember that child's last name. Right. And he gave me a... When I taught public school, he gave me such a hard time. Not a hard time that he was disrupting my class because you have the wrong one. <sighs> but just a hard enough time where, like, he was just infuriating. Mm-hmm. And so when I put in my resignation, um, <clears throat> he was like, oh, dang, Miss Brown, you leaving? Like, you the, you the only... Uh, you the first black orchestra teacher I've ever had. I'm like, and I'll probably be the last one you'll have. And, and the probably the last one for a long time, this district will have. And look how you cut up in my classroom, you know, kids. But at the same time, it's like, it's important for him to see, I'm not gonna say what's important for him, but I imagine it's important for kids to see someone like me in front of them. Like you can, you can, you can do whatever you can. This music isn't, this music isn't so, above your capabilities that you can't also be a music teacher or you can't play an instrument in college you know you can be in these spaces so um that's super important to me having black music educators because that's an entry point that can be an entry point Mm -hmm. and like i remember when you were at my house my mom was telling um my mom was telling us how when i played um my first concert at disney hall with inner city youth orchestra of los angeles at the reception there was a bunch um a bunch of the players who were in the orchestra violinists they were black men who you know they were young black men that were cool and whatever and i have a little brother and 
after seeing all of them with their violins and their violin cases and, and their tuxes on mm-hmm. stage playing, he was like, I want to play the violin. Right. Now, getting him to practice is like literally pulling teas, which, same. <laughs> but, wow. <laughs> but, like, that representation, that that wasn't even people teaching him. That was just people playing in front of him. Exactly. Like, at the very, very least. Exactly. Like, and, and to have, like, how old was he at that time? He had to have been, what was that, 2013? Oh, girl, you know math. He was eight. Oh, I'm like, don't ask me. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we both stared at each other, so I'll take my phone out. <laughs> I cannot do basic math. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, but he was eight. It's like, that's I know that's a young and impressionable age, but a lot of people think that children are not watching. Children, children are looking are, at everything. They watch everything. They're curious about everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I know people think, oh, you know, they're looking over whatever, whatever. Children see what you're doing. They see things. Like, they, they can see that people are enriched by this experience and they like now hold up i want to be like that yeah and kids are not dumb either yeah they do dumb things ah. but they're not dumb <laughs> <laughs> okay so you heard our thoughts so we're gonna share um some of the the thoughts of our colleagues <coughs> um and like i said we're not gonna say who said what because we told them that <laughs> we wouldn't uh-huh. Right. Um, surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> you'll be linking their address and their, no. <laughs> and their socials and blood types <laughs> okay so the first one um, says black history month has always been one of my favorite months because it was something I could call my own I remember being in school and February 1st came and I would be like don't talk to me it's black history month what a move <laughs> What a mood. I could be late to this class. It's Black History Month. I was like, I'm not holding it. Because <laughs> meanwhile, my, my mom would ride up to the school and <laughs> now I'm now I'm screaming for help in the, in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> it's Black History Month. Ain't nobody going to help you. <laughs> anyway, but in all serious month, in, in all serious months. <laughs> anyway, this person says, in all seriousness, Black History Month gives me joy. It's like going to the gas station and getting gas when your car is on E. When they first said this, I was like, all right, so hold on. And then I, but then I, I thought about some more. I'm like, that's true because it's like, sometimes like you just feel drained, especially classical music. Like you just feel drained being black in this country. Right. It's like, and then you in a bubble of a conservatory life and you, I'm not going to say to me, I'm not going to say that, but (laughs) Um, it's almost like it's being refueled, like you're yeah. refueled during this month. Yeah, and they said, um, as a musician, Black History Month is such a beautiful month of empowerment. It lifts your spirits. Oftentimes, we're in spaces where our blackness has to be masked or covered, and Black History Month is a month where you can just have joy in the fact that you're not the only one out here. Which is like, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, we both know that I'm not masking no type of, no type of blackness. <laughs> I might I might put the R's on the ends of my words from like a seminar class, but other <laughs> than that, Katie Black. <laughs> You're annoying. Black. All right, <laughs> but <coughs> woo, Chile. Um, yeah. So, so the next person says, um, Black History Month means being grateful for the opportunities that I have had. And grateful for the giants who allowed me to take advantage of those opportunities to follow my dreams, which is like something that we just talked about. We we mentioned a lot of composers who who paved the way in like way harder times than this to get their foot in the door, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and I talked a little bit about like what it meant to me, and in that being you know giving back to the people that lifted you up and gave you opportunities. So like I completely agree um, with this, and this is one of the one of the main things that it, it means to me personally. And we're talking about giants like um, Martin Luther King for having a dream. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like we had classical musicians doing the work, being being the first black people to attend conservatories, you know, and all that other stuff. Being black composers, being the first um, person to play at the White House. We've had we have those as well. But working right alongside them are the people who, you know, help us get all the stuff that we have. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, you know, and then thousands and thousands of other people who put their lives on the line to. Mm-hmm to help us get to where we are uh, so the next person says to me it's a crucial time to educate in my opinion growing up as a young musician i never thought that there was a place for a musician of african descent in an orchestra full of one race on top of that the race that was well represented looked nothing like me so in my mind the chances of a black musician making any advancements were farther than they were closer 
honestly, that's what made me want to do it more. The reason I think it's a crucial time for education is because we are losing young black musicians that have dreams of being in a professional performance ensemble. We are losing them to the unattainable dream thought process. They don't see, nor are they taught, about the many black musicians and composers that came before them until they are well out of college. They're not encouraged to rise to their individual challenges of facing the odds and proving their doubts wrong. Black History Month to me is more of an educational obligation than it is a time to flaunt black pride. I'm screaming black pride during the rest of the year, though. <laughs> Which, I mean, same. I mean, same. Say it loud. Hey, I'm, I'm black, black and, and I'm proud. proud. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I definitely... Um... I definitely resonated with the the idea of it's a time of education, mm-hmm. and but I, I we talked about this before the idea that we because we have different experiences of this I I think where I didn't see anybody look that looked like me doing classical music when I was growing up but I was like shoot I'm doing it anyway you know I'm like mm-hmm. bet then I'm gonna be the first black violist to do this and then mm-hmm. I realized hey, sis <laughs> you there are plenty of black violists lots of them tons and tons yeah even here just like eastman it's four y'all exactly like what about the viola because it's all rich and like (laughs) um probably i don't know but um yeah i don't know what are your thoughts on this um i mean i'm sort of like i had i is our our experiences are kind of different but not really in the fact that like i didn't have any like role models that were black like all the other black musicians i knew were like people my age Mm. so i still like had all white teachers and like so i still like have had that in the back of my mind like ain't nobody that looked like me up there like i don't understand you know like Mm -hmm. maybe i'm not cut out for this whatever whatever but i especially think that like the whole education part of it like i know i've I've seen a lot of things lately about how it's not our job to educate other people about our culture and and because so it's so easy for other people who don't know about our culture just be like well tell us what you want and then we'll whatever whatever meanwhile y'all won't but anyway um it's not really up to us to like do that but in a place like this like coming from the specifically the perspective of a black classical musician I think the education is really important because you know we're talking about something that's not just educational it's also like um a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. it's an enriching experience because music education it involves so many other like senses and so many you know so many other things that it's not just like well here's black history and here's what martin luther king did and whatever whatever like it's completely different thing Mm -hmm. yeah okay so the next one says that it means access all the things i have today no matter how hard they were to attain were made possible by people who came before me. Uh, the great migration, integration of the school system, learning about links and Hughes, growing up in the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., Carmichael, Malcolm, all these people made it possible. They made it possible for me to live a moderately a moderate middle-class lifestyle. Even at 63 years old, <laughs> it's hope to see more things. I also have to I have also have so much to give back. Not quite like accruing a debt, but more along with the idea that to much is given, much is owed. I owe a debt to the future generations. Come on, powerful. I I love this a lot because it's like, you know, um, we have a lot of opportunity and you know, and we have to we have to help the the next generation as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's like you on, on your way up you you you're reaching back and you're grabbing someone else's hand you mm-hmm. know and i think that's was so eloquently said right because gone are the days when we stepping on people's necks like y'all still doing that exactly why i just don't understand it and I, you know we see it all the time mm-hmm. you know where it's like especially in a competitive field like this you think you you needn't step on somebody else's neck to get to the top i just i don't understand that you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day it's all about how well you play mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and it's like you know, I, I've said before, it's like, if I'm going to an audition or whatever, I'd rather, I'd rather I put you on to it because especially if it's like you're my friend, mm-hmm. that's why like the, the group chat we have is so powerful to me because it's like, 
yeah, let's go take this audition. Because if I don't get in, like, you'll get in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, because to me, like, if my circle's winning, I'm winning. And, like, that might be selfish because, like, nah, they did their own work. But, like, that's not that's not what I mean. It's, like, because you're the sum of the five people you talk to the most. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, like, if my circle's winning, that means I'm winning. You know? And I want I want to see my people doing well. You know, we, we have so much adversity that we face every day. And it's, like, um, I want to see my people winning inspiration nation you're in population one you're infuriating okay uh we got one more for y'all to me black history month is a time to celebrate and remember those who have paved the way for us however i believe that in the field of classical music we don't have much representation of people who paved the way for musicians of color don't get me wrong there are a few but not nearly enough i personally believe our white counterparts are at fault we hear about a composer like Florence Price, so eloquently called Auntie Flo here. <laughs> but when she did make her mark, it didn't last much longer. Why? Because people that were performing a lot of her music were white, and they got they get like they did their part by only playing one of her pieces once. Nowadays, I do believe it's different, and more and more people and organizations are finally starting to make a lasting mark or those black musicians of our past are finally starting to be recognized as pioneers in music. But this should have happened many, many years ago. I mean, I thought this was a read. <laughs> I, I loved every bit of this. Yes. <laughs> I was like, say some more stuff. Right. Did your part. We're done. <laughs> February 28th. <laughs> like, right. You, you programmed Florence Price and the last time you folk or pro- not or not. And you programmed her back in 2004 <laughs> and you know well we did our part you know what i'm saying or you know you put her as an encore on on the on a 10 o'clock uh morning <laughs> rehearsal <laughs> right or or it, now it's it's uh 11 p.m on a sunday night you like oh we could turn the lights on and do the encore 20 minutes after right now ain't ain't, ain't nobody but but sis in the, in the way front row who been waiting to get out in, exactly in the hall no now more. she's stuck in her concert hall it's like i might well my place is a little opening bar <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think we just have to do better and you know putting it on our white counterparts you know even though it seems harsh it's like y'all the ones who run everything i mean it like in all literally all this time this could have been happening exactly. so i mean that's low-key on you well high-key on you but especially my teacher was telling me um he he played uh, t- to me and maybe because I'm is I'm it's skewed because I'm in the profession, but to me it's like discrimination in class in classical music just doesn't make sense because all the stuff y'all talking about about love and passion and seasonal color you know I could see the ignorance behind you know you don't want you don't want a black doctor you know th- there's a there's a tremendous amount of ignorance behind there but. I don't know what school they went to and what y'all really learning down there at that Howard University and now you cutting my arm open when I say my ear hurts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That kind of ignorance and that kind of blatant racism in that regard, Mm -hmm. you know, you might not want a black teacher because what they really know they're learning down there at that college, you know? I could see, I could see, even though there's no excuse for Mm -hmm. it, I could see the justification behind there's never justification behind racism but it's like we know what you mean because you know, yes, yeah. somebody I'm, in trying the to, I'm trying to i'm trying to get everybody out my dms right, i'm looking like how she gonna yeah, it's like you know, you, know, know you know on kim possible where it has that laser thing but she has to like right. flip it right you see me going through i'm trying to i'm trying to you know what i'm saying but like i could see i could see that bigotry and be like you're dumb but okay yeah but classical music you know what i'm saying like it doesn't make sense we're, we're doing something that's completely filled with passion it's it's music mm-hmm. and you know my teacher was telling me that he he was in a quartet um my teacher's not even that old so this is not like back in the 1800s you know what i'm saying <laughs> thank god okay a crispy uh <laughs> you looking like that lady for spongebob <laughs> chocolate <laughs> more vibrato <laughs> play it like this gay <laughs> Oh, we're children <laughs> but he was telling me how like he would be backstage when it's time to meet the musicians and people walk right past him and go go to the cellos girl and i'm like you look dumb it's this is, cla- uh, this is, this is classical music. he's not that old <laughs> he's 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 younger than my grandmother he's not that by old. like 15 years or something like that like he, he that is uh i don't even know crazy uh, this was not long ago i can't you know what i'm saying and it's like 
I just don't under, I just don't understand. Meanwhile, y'all could never. But anyway, could never. I mean, the world doesn't deserve my teacher, and I don't care. I could fight. I will fight anybody on that. Meet me on the corner, Main and Gibbs. We can box. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the world does not deserve. Does not deserve. Deserve. Okay. <laughs> Because his name is co- coming at the same time, the name the, the world. world does not deserve George Taylor. The he world does not deserve Taylor. Sword, surf, Taylor. Deserve, surf. Okay, let it go. Y'all don't deserve him. We never did. For real, I just because this this when you were talking about um, when you were reading the last one about people were like yeah we did our part we blah, blah, blah. that took me back to the news and I was thinking about the BPYO thing like first of all y'all barely y'all ain't even do the bare minimum which is I mean you know do that and, and ain't nobody asking you to be in the in the concert hall having right right African dancers and, and y'all got a former Black Panther up here and y'all y'all opened the concert talking about alaikum my right, brothers. Right. And, and you invite Martin Luther King Jr.'s kids to come speak, and, right? And, and y'all got anybody? Anybody <laughs> ask you to be giving out black berets at the door? What <laughs> <laughs> day we can't get a little ditty from Coach Taylor? Not a ditty. You annoying dog. <laughs> like day, y'all act like we are asking for the absolute most. We just want respect, like, recognition, exactly. Like everyone, like to my point, like everyone. Can comp- like our our predecessors have composed amazing works, amazing. um, absolutely amazing works that just don't get the re- recognition they deserve. And like, are we moving towards that? Like this last person like mentioned, like yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We were at Sphinx, and the yeah. Sphinx is different because like <laughs> it's literally for that. Mm-hmm. But it's like I heard that Coleridge Taylor, and I was like, <coughs> I was like, that's literally right up there with all these great composers that we'd be playing. It sounds like Brahms, exactly. With a pep in the step, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't make sense. Like you know? any old Beethoven overture that I that Coleridge Taylor could go right up against it. Exactly. Like no, honestly, like absolutely. And like low key Beethoven was black, but. <laughs> and if you ain't know that you whack <laughs> <laughs> but still like i just it's the bit like we are not asking for a lot mm-hmm. we asking for what these people deserve first of all exactly. we, sh- we shouldn't even need to be asking for this because, they should be should have got it but because we never have to ask we never have to ask for, for y'all for what brahms deserves because right. y'all, y'all will give him a whole month of celebration and y'all give i was gonna say Bach, but people like, like like wagner more than what they deserve wagner deserves things exactly Okay, y'all. Okay, you know what? At least somebody had some sense. Could you imagine if they did Dimitri Singer and then they did this MLK? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. It wouldn't have been no concert hall. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Ridiculous. But yeah, let us know what Black History Month means to you. Yeah, join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. You can always email your thoughts to classicallybackpodcast at gmail.com or comment under the post when we post the episode. We want to hear from you. We want to engage with you. So comment on SoundCloud as well. We want to hear from you. Let us know. And we are moving on. Right. To Black Excellence. Okay, let me go ahead and cue it up. I'm not cute. <laughs> Okay, Black Excellence this week goes to Robert C. Fisher. He's a violinist and violist in Chicago. Shout out to Stand Up. Shout out to the 773 312 708. All right. We got like three, four, four. <laughs> I mean, um, he is a teacher in Chicago. He's been teaching for 30 years. Um, and he just has like absolutely like amazing views on like education that stru- struck a chord to me. Like, um, if you want to do music, follow your passion and you'll make a living out of it, you know? Um, and of course, Mr. Taylor said something similar to me. It's like you, if you love music, it will work out. And if you don't love music, don't bother. Um, uh, he's a member of the Chicago Sinfonietta and the Chicago Folklore Ensemble. He, he got his education at Northwestern uh, University or earning a performer certificate. Um, so yeah, well, Link, he was featured on ABC7. Shout out to my grandma who watched that morning, noon, and night. <laughs> um, so we'll link um we'll link that story um so you can watch it and see. He does amazing work. He's completely committed to his students. Um, his students adore him, and as they should. You know, we he has a black teacher exactly. um, molding students and teaching students who want to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and giving students a chance and telling them like 
this can be yours, you mm-hmm. know, and that's those are exactly the kind of teachers that we need. This is exactly the kind of teachers our youth need. And this is what the profession needs. We need teachers that love to teach and do it well. And this is definitely uh, Robert Fisher. Um, so take a look um, and when we link it and yeah, now we're moving on. I don't really have a piece of the week because we did, we kind of did that. Um, I will, I do want to highlight um, the, uh, the piece that i didn't mention well i mentioned it briefly um but um i want you to check it out i'm definitely gonna do a lot more research into this uh into the composer thomas wiggins because it's just really fascinating to me um but check out his piece uh battle of manassas um it was a tie between this one and water in the moonlight because it got like the little triplet thing and they go and then they go it's like it's all in the lower register of the piano. So that's my piece of the week. Um, definitely check it out. Um, we'll link a recording in the description box. And that's all we got, y'all. Right. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. Happy being black. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Hey. Ooh. ooh. Cut a nation Cut under a groove. Ah, ah. Getting down ooh. just for the funk of it. Ooh. One nation, we on the moon. I think it stop us now. Hey, <laughs> 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 when y'all gonna stick up, stick us? You won't be. You're right. stuck here, right? <laughs> but like, what do you mean going to? Right. <laughs> I mean, we're here, sis. So just <laughs> but yes thank you so much for listening don't forget to follow us on social media at classical black podcast don't forget to write us if you have any suggestions for black excellence anything y'all want us to talk about email us to classical black podcast at gmail.com and we will talk to y'all next week all right bye y'all bye or whatever okay <laughs>